Lift your hands, wave it from side to side as you pray in the Spirit, thanking the Lord for His faithfulness. tonight. Go ahead and pray. A definite encounter. Definite encounter tonight by the Spirit. That will change my life in the name of Jesus. I come to the one true God. He said, This is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God.
wave it from side to side as you pray in the spirit thanking the Lord for his faithfulness to give you a definite encounter tonight. Go ahead and pray. A definite encounter. Definite encounter tonight by the Spirit. Shalagate 
give me an encounter tonight that will change my life in the name of Jesus. I come to the one true God. He said, this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God. wave it from side to side as you pray in the spirit thanking the Lord for his faithfulness Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening people of God. Shalom, evening everybody. Please, I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well with my family. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I want to give God all the praise and the glory for gifting us with another evening like this in His presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Alright, before we quickly jump into the Word of God, let us take a word of prayer right now. Mighty God, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. We honor you. We exalt you for this evening. Thank you for paving the way for your people to come boldly before your throne of grace 
even to receive mercy in times of need. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. That this evening the peace of your spirit will rest upon us. Open the eyes of our understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We declare any area of our lives where we have been bound by the knowledge in the light of the truth of your word. Bring freedom in the name of the Lord Jesus. Empower us even to walk in your will that at the end your name alone will be glorified. Even in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. We thank God for this evening. And um, I believe strongly that the Lord is going to help us. And He will show us the keys that we need to know and understand even in His kingdom. Hallelujah. All right. We have understood a lot of things on this altar. If you have been paying attention, um, you realize that the Lord has been helping us um, gain understanding even in His Word. Hallelujah. And I believe that today is also not an exception. We see God who has been helping us will help us again. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. But before that, before we move on to whatever I want to talk about this evening, if you have any question, you can ask. If you have any question, if you have any question, feel free and ask. If you have any question, you can feel free and ask your question. I believe the Lord is going to help us with understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, any question? Any question? Any question? Any question?
Somebody said, Daddy, please, is it biblical to go and bath inside a river? For spiritual, is it protection or what? Is, that, is it protection you are trying to talk about or prayer? Frank, is it protection you are trying to talk about or prayer? Said, is it biblical to go and bath inside the river or spiritual? <laughs> Frank, can you hear me? Can you all hear me, please? The network is very, very bad here this evening, but the Lord will help us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Frank, can you hear me? You asked the question. I want to get the question clear so that. I will help you that those girls will give me answer. Okay. okay. Alright, let me check on the second question. The second is that how can we be committed to the Holy Spirit? Oh, then I cannot see you. My network was bad, so I didn't see any of the things you did.
Can you all hear me, please? The network is very, very, very bad. But I believe the Lord will help us. Amen. To Frank. Frank is asking whether it is biblical for somebody to go and bath in the river. But I'm sure this protection is talking about. Let me say this way. You see, the problem with many Christians is this thing of is it biblical? Or is it something is biblical? What does it mean? Or is it something is biblical? That is where the problem of many Christians are. You see, the fact that the thing is in the Bible does not mean quickly go and practice it. Because the Bible is not only read by people that are believers of Christ. Are you with me? You can go to a, a shrine and you will see a Bible there. In fact, people can even use the Psalms to call other spirits. There was a time that a certain um, occultic guy who got born again was talking about how in the, the book of Matthew chapter I think chapter 6 where the, you find the Lord's prayer in 9 yeah, or 6 they were reading the, the Lord's prayer backwards and that was a conjuring Thing that they were using to conjure certain demons. The same Lord's prayer that we have been praying. Are you following? Hmm. So you need to understand that the Bible is Bible. In fact, the word Bible is the word Biblios, which means a book. So the Bible is a book. What makes the Bible sacred is the Holy Spirit that is behind it. So if there is no Spirit of God, that Bible can be used for anything. So I cannot tell you whether it is right or wrong, because we have to get, um, let me say, a final word, and I am not the final word. Yeah, if they go to that place to to pray with people for cleansing and all those kind of things. The spirit that is behind it is the most important thing. It doesn't matter whether it was written in the Bible or not. The spirit that is behind it. And I cannot say the Holy Ghost cannot tell you to do that. I can't say that. Because I am not the Holy Spirit. 
Hmm? Yeah, he can tell you to go and do that. But there are moments too, it might not be his voice. Other spirits can also tell you to do so. You need to understand some of these things. Hmm? Remember one time, one of my sons went to the hospital. I didn't know. When he came, he called me and said, Daddy, I'm not feeling well. I said, oh. The moment he said that, what the Holy Ghost told me was to tell him to drink a lot of water. You'll be fine. So I told him, that is what the Lord said. Just drink a lot of water, you'll be fine. He said that when I went to the hospital, that's the same thing the doctor told me. Now, the doctor was not speaking by the Holy Ghost. He was speaking by medical science and understanding in biological science. But I was speaking by the Holy Spirit and it was the same thing that my son was supposed to do. So my son would have seen mine as a prophetic direction whilst he would have seen that of the doctor as a prescription. But the same thing. You see, so the act might, might be the same, but the spirit that is behind might differ. And if you want to know whether it is right, the only right spirit is the Holy Ghost that we know and have. And he speaks in diverse ways. So if he has not spoken, I will not be able to tell whether it is right or wrong. But when you say, is it biblical, that is a very confusing point. Because not all biblical, when we say something is biblical, it means something that is found in the Bible. Hmm? In fact, there are certain people who believe that anything that was not written in the Bible should not be done by anybody. Some people even believe that whatever Jesus did not do, you should not also do. The Bible never said Jesus took sponge and went to the bathroom to bath. So don't bath. All these things are just... You see? So we just need to, when we say something is biblical, it, it means it what is in the Bible. And in fact, many people who do evil use the Bible to endorse what they have done. Because the Bible is an open book. You can make it sound the way you want it to sound. So the spirit that is behind will let you know whether what you are doing is producing life. You see, as a Christian, the question you are supposed to ask is not whether the thing is good or evil. Because once you begin to ask good and evil questions, it means you are young. That is why one of the things I don't want to hear from believers, man of God, so now when you do this, is it a sin? I will not answer that question. At this, your level, you are still talking about sin. Man of God, so when you, when you add human hair to your hair, is it a sin? Ask Jesus, he will tell you. I don't have time to be answering those kind of questions. But it is possible that the Holy Ghost can tell you that don't add this hair to your hair because he will give you a reason. Sometimes, these hairs, they have already sacrificed them to certain gods. So the Holy Ghost is actually telling, not because it is a sin, but because it might harm you. Are you following? 
That is why you need to always hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. Else you will miss a lot of things. Hmm? So, some of you, they told you that if you add any pomade or something to your hair, you go to hell. So, from the day you were born till now, you are being natural. And when you see people who are doing um, perming and these things, in your mind, you think you're already in hell. I don't know that you have now become Jesus Christ sitting on the throne judging people. <laughs> Because of her, somebody is going to hell. No, do you think that God is that funny? You think God is not serious, eh? That your hair, you are going to braid your hair. You added human hair, so you, you have lost your soul. You are not serious. You think the Bible is for your father? That you can sit down and create your own thing? You know, there are deeper things. What God actually wants to Fulfilled is in the scriptures. That one day you are not seeing it. You are looking at the one, the lady that is wearing trousers and pointing fingers. The Bible said a man, a woman should not wear the, the who told you trouser is for women. Where is it in the Bible? That they said a woman, if you wear a trouser, you have you are <laughs> in fact. During the time that that word was declared, there was nothing like trousers. Go and ask Moses and the people. There was nothing. All of them were wearing something from top to down, straight. From top to down. So what was the difference between the garment of women and that of men at that time? You see, we are here at this time of the world fighting over your as a lady you have gone to put some things on your on your fingernails and this this and the eyelashes and all those kind of things sister let me tell you even if you want to paint your your eyeballs is your own matter listen to what the spirit is saying that is what brings life are you listening to me there are two main dimensions of what God wants to do. Let me tell you this. Man was not made to think of good and evil at all. That is the reason why we did not even know good and evil until we ate the tree of the knowledge of. You wouldn't have been here asking questions, man of God, this, is it good or it is bad? That thing was not in us way back because all that we were doing was life. When God speaks life, everything we used to do was giving life. So if the thing was not giving life, it is not supposed to be done. Now when we eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we have, been, we have come so down and so low that we only think of what is good and what is evil. Meanwhile, God even said, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when you eat, even though good is in there, it will still give death. It will still produce death. So the question you are asking, man of God, is this a sin or not? If I tell you it is a sin, what is the life you receive in that one? What life from God have you received? When I tell you that brushing your teeth at night is a sin. <laughs> you see where the problem is? 
So now, we have become so mundane that we don't even know life. We are only looking for what is good or evil. Look at you. May God help us. Do you know what others are doing? God is lifting men to the realm of glory. And God willing next week, we are going to talk about the glory realm. Next week, the glory realm. And I'm going to give us some few keys that God gave to me. My God. Where God will lift some of you to, you'll be shocked. And this one, God is in need of certain people that are, that are mad to work with him. Are you following? So get ready. The Lord will help us in the name of the Lord Jesus. So listen, not all biblical things are things that God wants you to be doing now. So learn these things. That it is in the Bible. Does not mean go and do it. That it is not in the Bible does not mean don't do it. Hmm? Yeah. Where was it in the Bible that they said every to go to the medical school, become a medical doctor? Where? But you are doing it. And sometimes when you look into the things of the spirit, God can even prophesy about it. That my son, I am opening the door even to the medical sector for you. God said it to you, but it's not in the Bible. But is it not God's voice? So are you telling me that outside the Bible you, will not, you can't hear anything from God? Be very careful. This is where deception comes in. Are you with me? Open your eyes. The Lord will help you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. The Lord prophesied to somebody through me and said, You get a visa and travel. Where in the Bible did God say or mention your name in the Bible? Some of you cry, your names are not in the Bible. So you ask, then you get, I don't know, your names are not in the Bible. Hey! There is no armor in the Bible. There is no armor. <laughs> hey! You see, I don't know, sometimes when you look at human beings and you go to churches, they are fighting over some of these things. Sometimes when you go to certain, certain churches and they are doing what they call Bible studies, you even, you, you even want to vomit. Somebody will get up and say, man of God, I have a question, I have a question. Say, okay, ask your question. Man of God, so when I am bringing my tithe to church and I meet somebody on the way and the person is dying and the person asks me to give him or her some money, should I give? Don't give you, let the person die. You see your foolishness. You see, all these are just all because. The Holy Ghost that is in us, we have decided we will never walk with Him. We will never fellowship with Him. So everything we want to hear from the mouth of a man of God. You see, as if the Holy Ghost in the man is not in you. 
what the man of God does, he will open dimensions. That is why let me tell you, no matter the number of years you go to church, you will never understand and know God perfectly through the messages of your pastor. You can stay in church from the day you are born to the day you die. Messages that your pastor will preach will not let you know God thoroughly. Because there are dimensions of God we experience before we know. I'm telling you, the Bible said in the book of John chapter 17 verse 3, the Bible said, this is eternal life that you will know the only true God. And that word know, speaking of experiential knowledge, not the one you have listened to from a pastor. So the one that you listen to from the pastor is the key that is given to you to open that realm where you will enter and know more. So if you think all that your pastor has taught is what you know about, you miss a lot of things. Because your pastor himself, when he sits down, he's having encounters with Jesus. Jesus will appear to him. Are you following? So learn. Let us learn these things. Some people even study the Bible for arguments. One scientist said, Albert Einstein, he went deep into studies to a point where most of the theories that he brought out, if you are very, very spiritual and you understand spiritual technology, you will know that most of the things that Albert Einstein gave out as theories and laws, most of them are coming from the womb of the spirit. I'm telling you, And a lot, especially when it comes to physics. Hey! In fact, when God began to reveal certain things to me by his angels, I got to understand that, no, these people, they are very deep when it comes to spiritual things. But because, yes, quantum physics is actually spiritual dimension of the physical world that we live in. That is what quantum speaks of. It is the spiritual dimension of the physical universe that we live in. And you see, because scientists don't want to sound spiritual and religious, when they see a spirit, they will call it energy. Meanwhile, they know, they know that this is a spirit. I'm telling you, they'll call it energy so that you think, oh, okay, energy, then you, it will just kind of take your focus from some spiritual things. But they know. Albert Einstein said, more knowledge will take you to God, but little knowledge will take you away from God. Little knowledge will take, but the more you try to know, and the more you know, the more you know, you come and meet God one on one. That is why half knowledge is a dangerous thing. It's a poison to the soul of man. Half knowledge. When you want to know something, know it to the depth are you following? You have to know the whole council. Telling you. So any scientist that will say there is no God has not gone deep in knowledge. 
scientist that would say there is no God. It's not gone deep in, in, in science and in knowledge. So let us understand these things. The Lord will help us and grant us grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Listen, anytime you go to church and your pastor gives you a message, don't just say, wow, that is deep, wow, nice. Then you come and close your Bible and the following week you go to church. That is why I'm most like, I, I love this. When we go to church, I will ask questions hmm, about what we studied the previous Sunday. And when you look at people sitting down with their faces, hoya like that. As if they have no head in A. So if you are here, if you are here last week, let me see your hand. What did we learn? Some people will be, he said, their faces will look like a ghost that <laughs> has been banished from the realm of the dead and does not have any place to dwell. Because we don't want to study. And that is the problem of many Christians. Knowledge. We don't know anything. And when we get to know little of a particular thing, we lift our shoulders. That is not knowledge. Because deep knowledge has something that it will do to you. Deep knowledge of God. Ah, it will break you. I'm telling you, it will keep you humble. That is why, you see, the Bible said, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of the Son of God. Grace and peace be multiplied. So when you want to multiply the grace of God on your life, you have knowledge about that particular thing. You want God's grace to multiply on you over. Are you following? So now, if you want the grace of God in the prophetic to multiply in your life, the key is this. Have more knowledge about the prophetic. Because grace is directly proportional to knowledge. And specifically, the knowledge of the Son of God. So anybody who increases in knowledge will increase in grace over a particular thing. The reason why one man of God is doing something and you cannot do it, even though you are also a man of God. He has a certain knowledge about the thing that has given him grace to do it with ease. That you don't have. Go to him. Learn. And once that knowledge is released to you, the grace for that thing will come. Now listen to what God said in the book of James. He said, The Lord, he resisted the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. God, He gives grace to the humble. If grace is multiplied by the knowledge of the Son of God, and God gives grace to the humble, then there is something that humility and knowledge has to do. Are you following? So you need to learn some of these things. We don't just you know, walk about. Take your time. Don't be in a rush. There are some people without in-depth knowledge into spiritual things. You, you cannot win them to Christ. Never. 
you can do all the miracles in this world, they will not convert. I'm telling you the truth. I know people like that. Let me, you see, do you know that not everybody huh, that is not a Christian is on spiritual? Let, let me frame the question well. The fact that the person is not a Christian does not mean the person is not spiritual. That's, not, that's what I'm trying to say. Some people are not Christian, but they are much more spiritual than Christians. Very, very spiritual. When we talk about somebody being spiritual, the person is focused on fulfilling certain spiritual principles. One of them is sacrifice. Some people talk with entities. They know how to conjure spirits. They know that when you want to call a marine spirit to ask for blessings and financial wealth, they know how to connect. People have, there are many books in this world people buy and they use those books to connect to spirits. Go and ask Ajagraja. He will tell you. Ajagraja is not a Christian, but he's using our Bible. He's not a Christian. He uses our Bible. And he will start quoting from the Old Testament. And saying that in the Old Testament, God said they should kill a lamb and use the, the blood of the lamb to do so. As for him, he will also use the blood and this. He's fulfilling scriptures. <laughs> I told you this the other time that anything that God has lifted his hand from he's not in it. If you try to do that very thing you will end up connecting to another spirit that is not God. Are you following? That is why you need to check the scriptures very well. So you don't get deceived. Don't just sit down and read certain scriptures concerning business and pray and say that I know, I know the Bible. No, take your time. A man that has real knowledge and deep knowledge that cannot speak plenty. I'm telling you. Those that have deep knowledge, they don't speak plenty. But those that are with little knowledge, I Jerry, that man we'll talk about him later. The man is fulfilling certain spiritual principles. Principles of But the person is not a Christian. But you see the Christians trying to put aside spiritual principles. Who, do, you, do you understand life? Do you understand life? I wish I can say things, but that's why you see Christians when you tell them give a sacrifice. You say, hey, man of God. Jesus sacrificed for us. We don't need to sacrifice anything again. Be there. Even po- poverty will run away from you. 
I'm telling you. Even poverty. That, that's why I said that some Christians are so lazy that they can't even be riches. It will be difficult for them to be riches. Because you can't be a witch and be lazy. Every night you have to travel <laughs> for two hours, 45 minutes. You have to be at the workplace in the spirit world and do your things. But at that time, the Christian is ah, too lazy. Tell you, too lazy. And when they wake up from there, they shake themselves. They say, ah, things will go well. <laughs> you go to your workplace and you see things going down. See, but I am a Christian. Christianity is not a cancellation to spirituality. That is why there are spiritual Christians and there are carnal Christians. Understand that. That you are a Christian does not mean throw away spiritual things. If you do, you... you <laughs> I'm telling you the truth to understand these things. People think that Jesus has done everything. Go and read your Bible. It's a man of God. Jesus has done everything. You don't need to do anything in this world. The whole thing is just done. You don't need to do anything. Don't go to school. Because Jesus has already brought to you the knowledge that is in the accounts book. He has done everything. Hmm? You see, don't joke with yourself. These people that are not Christian, they are very spiritual. Recently, I heard Avram Ben Moshe, the guy is protecting his own life. <laughs> He went to a certain place and they told him that, hey, a certain MP has taken you to an evil altar. We want to kill you within a week. So they said, so what should we do? They, they, they locked him up for one week and they did some spiritual things on him and they overturned the thing to the MPs. Within three days, they had a, the MPs had a serious accident. They nearly died. <laughs> After that, Abraham came and said, Shit, you think I'm just walking there like that? Now, that man is not a Christian. He's always speaking against Christianity and even Islamic religion. He said, use your common sense. Spiritual protection, is it common sense? Now, you see, Christians, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get things in this world, though. And some, the people that these people can just convince are people with just empty brains. They don't have time to study. They don't have time to let the Holy Ghost help them. So they keep missing it. You see some people who don't know anything. They will just get a certain small knowledge. And they come out. This evening I was just there. My, the guy who shaves my hair called me. He said, Daddy, please, I'm sorry. Um, some guys are making noise at my workplace and this, this, this. They are asking a certain question. I said, what is it? Then the person brought out the question. So, Daddy, um, when Cain killed Abel, 
as at that time, there were only two people. Stop there. Who told you that there were only two people as at that time? Then, but that is what the Bible says. That's not, I said, that's not what the Bible says. Read it again. Then the Bible says, so as at that time, there were only Cain and Abel in the world. Did the Bible say that? He said, but no, you cannot say. I said, the guy, the guy is. <laughs> so I told him, it's okay. I don't, I don't have time. You see, people are ignorant, but they want to boast in their ignorance. You see that thing? I said, leave, leave him. Let him keep his nonsense in his head. The gift of tongues. You see that thing? People get deceived and they don't want to sit down to know the truth. They quickly lay hold of that which is wrong and they start parading every area with it. When you want to sit them down, let me tell you, we don't learn the truth of God's word in a hurry. You will never understand it. You will never. That is the reason why some of you are not understanding the scriptures. Because you wake up from the bed, you take your Bible within the next five minutes, you just read some few scriptures, and you put one verse in your in your head, and you leave. That you don't understand God by that. <laughs> you will never know God. Let me give you three days. That verse you put in your head, you struggle to even recall it. <coughs> very very funny. Yeah, they call it memory verse. Your memory will give it away. You go back to your memory, it will not be found. You don't learn God by that means. Am I saying that is wrong? No, that is not wrong. It is a foundation that will help you. But if you think that is what will let you know God, forget it. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. We have been reading our Bibles, we have been praying. Have we grown? <laughs> have we grown? Somebody provokes you to anger small, you forget that there is a call of God on your life. You can, you, the way you can insult the person, you, you, you will shift your mouth to the left side. You are not going. You know, you are reading your Bible and you are praying every day. So what is the issue here? If you want to grow, let me tell you this. If you want to grow spiritually, don't read your Bible. Study the Word. Are you following? If you want to grow, in the Lord, you have to sit down, study the word. It is not reading the Bible. Because you are not the only one that is reading the Bible. I know professors that are professors of theological seminaries who are not Christians. But they, they teach the Bible. They read and they come and teach. But they are not Christians. Are you following? They even had first class in Christology. Not a Christology, the menu text, but they are not Christians. When you go to some schools, professors are there. They are not Christians, but they preach the Bible. They teach. They are also reading. So if you are reading the Bible, 
it is not an avenue for growth. The only, if you want to grow in the law, that one is the work of the Holy Ghost and your diligence to the word of God. Are you following? There are men that sat down. They read the Bible seven hours in a day, five hours, three hours. They sit down. They, ah, yeah. Kenneth Hagin said, he sat down to study the Bible. He brought books, plenty books. He brought other versions. He sat down and there were over 12 books, 20 books in front of him. And he was just reading. He started on a Sunday evening after church. He began to search. He began to search the scriptures. He was moving to this side, going here, going here, going here. He forgot himself. When he got up from the floor and opened the door, it was Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. He didn't, he didn't even know whether it was day or night. He did not even know. He was so lost in the things of God, in the word of God. He was, he was going deep into dimensions. He never thought of food, never thought of water, nothing. So this is how we know God. If you want to know God, that is why it will take a diligent person to know the Lord. Yeah. What we are doing here with this two by four Bible studies and things, forget it. The devil will keep attacking. You follow me? When you want to know, even your prayer will change. Even your prayer will start changing. May the Lord help us and grant us grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Know this. There is what we call the ascension. The ascension. Now, this ascension actually speaks of somebody being lifted from a lower region to a higher region. And that is what we need to understand that one of the main reasons for which God brought us to this earth is to fulfill a certain destiny called Christ so that after fulfilling that earth destiny called Christ we will be lifted to a certain height so our work with God is actually a work of ascending to higher realms every time and every dimension that you get yourself into there is a name that is given. Very, very important. Don't forget it. Very, very important. I remember I had a vision some time ago. I was in prayer and I saw this man of God that we all know as Reverend Obi Mopa. Those of you who know Mopa. 
when I saw that man, he was sitting under a certain tree, and I went to him. When I went to him, I told him that, Daddy, God bless you. I've been waiting to meet you. Please, can you pray for me? Lay your hands on me. This, this. And the man asked me a question. He said, What is my name? He was asking me what his name was. So immediately, the memory and the knowledge I have about his name in the natural came to mind. And I know your name is Reverend Isaac. This, this. He said, No. I said, What? I said it again and again. He said, No. He said, But that is what I know. He said, Until you know my name, that which is in my hands cannot be given to you. Go and know my name. Immediately, I came out of the vision. I sat down and began to think, Jesus, what is this? I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. You know, after some time, I had another vision that was in line with the first one that I had. That one too, I got the name wrong. He said, go back and pray. I came back. I got to know that there is something on the man's life that God is trying to give to me. But I can't access it with just his physical name. There is a new name that the level he has been lifted to in the spirit has given him. And if I don't know, I can't access that which is in the man's hand. Then in prayer, the Lord showed me something which is personal to myself, the third time. And when he showed up the third time, I got it right. And even if I mention it, you will not understand. So it is not, it's not for... When I mentioned it, he said, keep it. Keep this name. For there is what you need to understand about the name, even before that which is on me will come to you. And now, I am in the school of understanding what that name means. Once I'm done and I graduate in that school, I believe by the grace of God, we begin to see strange things and mind-blowing things. Hallelujah. We have a bright future. Amen. Great. Manager, I'll come back to that, okay? God bless you. You following? So you see, no wonder a time came Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Go! Cast out demons. Manifest my power. And they went out and they did all these things. And when they came back, they were so excited. They came to tell Jesus, Oh, Jesus, you will not believe. Hey! Today, demons were just bowing down before us. My God. Jesus looked at them. 
and said, Don't just be happy that demons are getting out of people before your presence, but be happy and rejoice that your names are registered in the heavens. That your names are registered in the heavens. What does it mean? It means rejoice that a new name has been given to you. And that name that has been given to you is in the realms of the heavens. And any entity that lives below that realm, that name can cast out. Uh-huh. So you see, when you begin to study the scriptures, you realize that even Jesus, he had to go through all these dimensions. All these dimensions of growth. Jesus himself. Are you following? So I told you this the other time. That there is a slight difference between Jesus and Christ. Okay, let me say there was, but now there is not. There was a slight difference between Jesus and Everybody knew Jesus to be Jesus. Everybody. At that time, they all knew Jesus as the son of Mary and Joseph. The, when you say, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That carpenter's son, yes, Jesus. But nobody knew him as the Christ. Because that name Christ was a destiny. Are you following? That name Christ was hidden. And it was not just a name to be mentioned. It is a destiny to fulfill, to be fulfilled. Now, until Jesus fulfilled that destiny, he couldn't, there was no way he was called Jesus Christ. He was known as Jesus. And Jesus was a normal name in the Bible. And in the during the times of, of Jesus Christ. People, there were many people who were by name Jesus. Many people. So the name Jesus was not really a special name. It was just like Seth. But now it is. Not as in everybody called Jesus a special. No. <laughs> because something has happened to the Jesus. Who used to be on this earth. Before he became Christ. Are you following? So when Jesus was born. When we read the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. The Bible said for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called wonderful counselor. The mighty God. Did you read that? The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting. So, the Father Himself was the one that was coming as a son. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. So, you see, He's speaking of two main dimensional manifestations here. The first one, he said, a child is born. Then he said, but a son is given. 
the son was not born the son was given but the child was born so the child that was born was born by a woman and that child was jesus christ but the son that was given was the christ that god the father gave john chapter 3 verse 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son now jesus was with the disciples and he said who do men say that i am and they began to give him answers and some say that you are elijah some say you are jeremiah some say you are dead. then he asked so who do you say that i am they all knew him to be jesus so there was no way he was going to ask of his name again they all knew him to be jesus but he was looking for something everybody knew jesus jesus was just the physical body walking about but there was the true and the real him that nobody knew but immediately the bible said peter said thou art the christ he didn't say the son of man but the son of the living god thou art the christ the son of the living god you see so jesus was the child that was born by mary he's known as the son of man but christ was the son of god that was given so when you look at jesus walking about it was just his physical body called jesus but there was a christ inside him that christ was the god dimension of himself so the body jesus was the man dimension christ was the god dimension that's why we say jesus was 100 percent man and represent god are you following but the thing is he did not just become 100 percent god he was once a man he had to fulfill the christ before there could be a balance are you following Let me touch on this. Let me explain something. So you see, when you read the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 36, look at this. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Listen to what the word of the Lord said. Can you all hear me? Good. Now, this is the moment where Jesus, the Bible said, mm, said, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Did, did you see that? God made the Jesus they crucified, both Lord and Christ. So that means that Jesus was not Christ yet. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So there was a time where Jesus became the Christ. And that moment was the moment where he sacrificed himself on the cross 
for humanity and for the world. So, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Can you hear me? Hmm. So he was Jesus. And there was an assignment that he was supposed to fulfill on the earth. That assignment was called Christ. When he fulfilled that assignment, Christ was added to his name. And when he ascended, God and went before the Father, the Father gave him another name, Lord. And then he said, Sit on my throne. So the Father has made Jesus, the one that was crucified, both Christ and Lord. Are you following? The Christ speaks of his godly assignment on the earth. Where the Lord speaks of his rulership over all things. So a time came, he was just called normal Jesus. Nobody knew him as Christ. At another point, he was called Jesus Christ. Then at another point, he was called the Lord Jesus Christ. This same Jesus. Are you following? So now, as I'm talking to you right now, there is an assignment inside you. For which reason you have been brought to this earth. Everybody knows you as Frank. Everybody is calling you Shelly. Everybody knows you as Roxanne Curry. But the time is coming. When that assignment inside you would have been fulfilled, there is another name that will be attached to your name. So you see, so even Jesus, God gave him, the Bible said God has given him a name that is above every other name. God has given him a name that is above every other name. My God. And we all know that that name is the Lord. But Jesus also spoke of another name that has been given that nobody knows. That means even above the Lordship of Jesus, there is another name that he must receive. So when we read the book of Revelation chapter 3 verse 12, the Bible said, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name, my new name. So Jesus has a new name that we don't know. And that one, 
he will only write it on the foreheads of those that have overcome. Hear me, child of God. We came to this world to get a name. And we only get a name by fulfilling destiny. Are you following? Can you all hear me, please? Good. So we have come to this world to fulfill a particular destiny. I told you that destiny is called Christ. And when you are there, you receive the name. You will receive a name. So we came to this world to get a name. And that name is only acquired after we have fulfilled that destiny. Until Jesus had fulfilled the Christ, he couldn't have received that name, the Christ. Are you following? So you can be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. But until that name is fueled by a certain destiny pathway. Emmanuel will just be Emmanuel. And it will not bear any fruit. Are you following? The Lord will help us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost sent from heaven. When Jesus was just Jesus, there was what he could do. When he became Jesus Christ, there was what he could do. And when he became the Lord Jesus Christ, there was what he could do. All these are realms and levels. They are not the same. So you need to understand. When the Bible says Jesus, when the Bible says Jesus Christ, when the Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not the same. Are you following? You need to understand these things. When he died on the cross, he became the Christ because that was the true assignment of the Christ, the Messiah. The deliverer, the one that will come and deliver people from the cause of death. So when he died on the cross and resurrected, he became the Christ, the, the Jesus Christ. Now when he ascended to the Father, 
the Father gave him his name, Lord. I've already taught on this. When you read the Old Testament and you find the word Lord, big capital L-O-R-D. The word actually is the word Yahweh, which is the original name of God as he connects to human beings. If following Lord, all of them in caps. Because the Lord that you find in the Bible, we have many laws. Sometimes you find a law that is Adonai. It has what it means. But the Lord where you see all the letters in caps, it is the word Yahweh, which is the original name of God. God has many names based on what he has done, based on the benevolence that he has revealed to people. So you call God Raphael because he heals. Are you following? You can call God many names based on what he does for you. But there is an original and true name of God. So when God appeared, when God appeared to Jacob, in the book of Exodus chapter 6 verse 3, the Bible said, God was speaking to to Moses. And God said to Moses, in the book of Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, God said, Moses, I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. And that word Almighty, the God Almighty, the word El Shaddai. Can you all hear me, please? Good. So in the book of Exodus chapter 6 verse 3, when God appeared to Moses, God told Moses, Moses, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. The word God Almighty is the word El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Which we all know. Also speaks of God as the mighty God, the almighty God. So at this point, he's speaking of God in his mightiness, in his power. But he said, but by my name. Did, did you read that? He said, I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as, as God almighty. So I can appear to you as a certain being and give you a, a different name so based on the dimension of my manifestation i will have a specific name but he said but by my name now when god says my name he has personalized the name are you getting it he did not say his name is El Shaddai. he said i appeared as El Shaddai. 
but by my name, the Lord. I did not make myself fully known to them. The Lord. The Lord. And that word Lord is the word Yahweh, which in the English they call it Jehovah. That is the original name of God. Amen. Are you following? Now, we will understand into details what the name Yahweh means. Because Yahweh is made up of four Hebrew letters. Yod, He, Vav, He. Yod, He, Vav, He. These are the four Hebrew letters that make up the name Yahweh. Now, when you look at the Hebrew letters, the, the Hebrew letters were also the same as the Hebrew alphabets. So they don't have alphabets and they don't have numbers. They are all the same. Are you following? Good. Now, so every alphabet in the Hebrew had what it meant. Are you following? Every alphabet had what it meant in numbers and in their pictograph. When we say pictograph, there were certain pictures that these letters were portrayed. So the, the, the first letter or the first alphabet in the Hebrew alphabet is the, the, um, the letter Aleph. And Aleph, the meaning of Aleph is an ox. It also speaks of strength and leadership. Are you following? Good. So Aleph stands for ox, and it is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. No problem. Sure, son, you can do that. Are you following? Good. Now, so when you look at the Hebrew letters and the alphabet, Yod, He, Vav, He, four letters that make up Yahweh. The first letter, Yod, means a hand. A hand. A hand. Now, the second letter, hey, means life. It means life. It can also mean a window. Are you following? The Lord is helping us. So open your 
understanding and fear. Life. So your stands for a hand. Can you hear me, please? Good. Your stands for a hand. Hey stands for life. It stands for life. Vow stands for a nail or a hook. Nail, nail. That one. Prayer go. Or a hook. Then the other he also stands for life. Now, when we begin to add these meanings of these alphabets, you are actually getting something. You are looking at a certain hand that is giving life. And that hand of life is hooking all manner of life to itself. Can you hear? Can you all hear me, please? It's now okay. Beautiful. Good. So, as we have understood, when you begin to look at the pictures, so every Hebrew alphabet or letter has what it stands for in a picture. Are you following? So when you look at the letter, the alphabet Yod, it stands for a hand. But even this hand that the alphabet stands for, because there are dimensions of hands in the same alphabet. So when you look at the Yod alphabet, it speaks of a hand that is closed. A closed hand. Are you following? Now, then you go to He. He also has what it stands for in the picture of it. The picture speaks of a hand that is open and what he actually means is like look behold breathe for something to be revealed for for you to look at something and it, it also means breath now 
it is in this breath that the life of God is. Are you following? That is why, if I want you mention hey, the way the Hebrew people will mention hey, it is not like the way we mention hey. You know, in, when it looks like there are flames in your throat and you want to bring them out, you see, you sometimes do something like, see that thing? That is how they mention him. So they mention it like, hey. Are you following? Beautiful. Now, that word, hey, means the breath of God, the life of God. So what does Lord Hebah simply mean by the meanings of these letters? It actually means the hand of life that is hooked to every kind of life. The hand of life that is hooked to all kinds of life. That means without that hand of life, everything is dead. Are you following? And maybe I will take my time and explain what life is to God. When we say life, what does it mean from the perspective of God? Maybe God willing tomorrow. I will touch on that. There are three L's of God. L as in L as a as an alphabet or a letter three main L's of God I've touched on this in church before I did not go into details the three main L's of God one is the mother of the two exactly love, light and life and God willing tomorrow I will touch on these three L's of God the whole nature and makeup of God is love. Now, when we speak of love, we are not talking about the way many of us think love is. So God willing, tomorrow, I'll take my time and speak about love and let you know that different things we call love, that is not love. So when you check the scriptures, there are so many different meanings to love. When you find the word love in the Bible, go and check the original meaning. It might not be what you are thinking. We have a certain kind of love they call eros. Eros. It is out of that word we got erotic. And those of you who know what erotic is, When we talk about erotic, we are speaking of something that is that has to do with sexual things. Are you following me? So somebody can have erotic love towards you. Uh-huh. And it's talking about sexual desire. That, that one too is a dimension of love. It is called eros. Then we have what we call philos. Now it is from that word philos we had Philomena, Philemon, Philadelphia, 
and Philos actually speaks of brotherly love, the love that is between brothers. Hmm? Brotherly love. That is Philos. So you love everybody. You love everybody, but you cannot marry everybody. The one you are choosing to marry, it means you are moving from the philos kind of love into a higher love. And the next one is agape. The agape love is not brotherly love. Because that is the kind of love that God loves us with. Are you following? You are not God's brother. <laughs> that love is without any condition. In fact, when you look into the scripture, that is how God wants a husband to love a wife. It is a very heavy kind of love. And that one, it takes only the Spirit of God. Because the Bible said, the Spirit of God has shed the love of God abroad in our hearts. So there's what we call the love of God. That is the agape kind of love. You know, the Bible said in the book of 1 John chapter 2. Okay, let me go to this. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. For God. So, so God loves the world. Are you following? God, he loves the world. But in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 down, he said, God was telling us that do not love the world. Or anything that is in it. Ah, if God said He made us in His image and likeness and He lost the world, why can't we also love the world? But He went further to say something. He said, If any man lost the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. That means that the love that the Father loved the world with is different from the love that we will love the world with. When the Father loved the world, He gave. But when we love the world, the, the, the world enters into us and we begin to live like the world. We begin to stand against the will and the plans of God. It, the problem is not the world. The problem is the kind of love. Are you following? The problem is the kind of love. It is not the agape love of the Father that you are loving the world with. It might be an erotic love or a filial kind of love. Are you following? So you need to understand all these things. So when you speak of God as Yahweh, you are talking of God as the life source and the one that gives life, true life to all things. And I said, God willing, tomorrow I'm going to talk about life. God bless you, Jerry. God bless you. There is another one called Strego, which speaks of friendship, love. So you see, there are many dimensions of love. That we all need to understand. And these dimensions have what they need. 
So when a man says, I love you, sit in the chair, which kind of love are you talking about? Which kind of love? Because your mother can tell you, I love you. You can also tell your brother, I love you. Are you following? But there is a kind of love you are talking about. Well, love is not the same at every point. Be careful when you hear, I love you. Make sure you decode what kind of love the person is talking about before you commit. <laughs> because somebody is saying, love is scam. You don't, you don't know love. You don't know love. You entered into a certain kind of love you did not decode the true meaning. Now, what power do I do? And they make a general statement. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> and those of you who understand Fanti, you know what I'm talking about. So when you see a young man standing in front of you, saying, I don't know, I love you, I'm a priest, I'm a, yes, I don't know. When you start hearing that, and you say the guy wants to die, begin to look at certain areas of his body. It will tell you the kind of love that the guy is actually experiencing. Sometimes it's easy to decode this is erotic love. The guy just wants to go and sleep with you. He will decode it. Are you following me? And let me tell you the truth. This is what many of you don't want to hear, but I'll tell you. Now, the love that God has for us is what we call the agape kind of love. Now, in the times of old, the Bible said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So you see, yourself. But now, the word of the Lord said, Husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church. <laughs> now, the standard of that kind of love has been lifted. It is no longer a normal love of philos, which speaks of brotherly love. The question is, what kind of love does Christ love the church with? It is agape. That is the reason many people fail in marriaging. Because people say, marry your friend. And do you know what they are trying to do? They want to bring friendship love and make it a marriage. You will fail. Oh, you will fail. <clears throat> when you say marry your friend, what does it mean? marry your friend you think friendship will let you oh no hear me this thing that we call marriage it is so spiritual than you think there must be a friendship kind of atmosphere between you and your husband but both of you are not friends in, in the sight of god 
That is the reason why if you want to marry, you have to redefine your marriage. Because many people are married, but they are not Christians. So all these people have their reasons for marriage. But if you are a Christian and you want to marry, you have to sit down and know that you are marrying for kingdom, not for your own reason. But the problem that we, we now have is that Christians are marrying, but they are taking inspiration from married couples that are not Christians. You have failed. Are you listening to me? You have... Right? When you sit down to know and understand biblically, according to the scriptures, how a kingdom marriage should be, you will never rush into marriage. <laughs> you will not, oh, you will not rush. But, my God. Because in our kingdom, when we marry, it is different from the way other people marry. Even though we all call it marriage, but it is different in our kingdom. Just that we are in a different kingdom, there are so many things that govern our marriages that will never govern this. I'm telling you. Because in, you see, there are many people when they marry to them, the man is the same as the woman. So when the man is paying the school fees and the, um, the bills in the house, the woman is also paying some things. The woman is also doing this. That's what many people believe. They believe in what they call gender equality. That is not what our kingdom teachings gave to us. So if you want to marry as a Christian, stop taking counseling from this nonsense the way the place has become quiet if you want to marry as a Christian, listen to me if you want to follow the people then don't be a Christian hmm? denounce Christ and go and marry it with your own understanding and your own plans but if you're a Christian and you want to marry and you don't go according to kingdom you have, lo- you have missed in fact God will judge you I'm not here to put fear in your heart but I'm telling you something. Because in our kingdom, the, the man is the lord of the woman. That is what many young ladies cannot take. When we say somebody is lord, do you know what it means? Lord. The word lord means ownership. The one that owns you. The one that owns you. So when you marry as a Christian woman, your husband is your I don't even get what I'm saying somebody said hey if you don't know this don't try to marry because you'll be doing it the wrong way you want to read the Bible that's what the Bible says if this is the first time you are hearing this you need to go back to your scriptures start reading from the book of Ephesians 5 The man is supposed to love the woman the way Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died. So whilst we were sinning, Jesus was dying. That was the manifestation of God's love. So you can't say your wife has done this, so it's okay. There's no love between us again. No, you don't understand what you have done. 
That is why God does not like divorce. Because there's a whole lot that governs divorce, but we don't even know. Go and read the Bible. A whole lot that God has said concerning this thing called divorce. So you see, according to the scriptures, when two people marry as believers, and the woman goes to a church, and the pastor says, the pastor of that um, church says that they are fasting. And the woman comes to the house and says, Honey, our pastor said we are fasting this whole week. So um, we will not be able to engage ourselves in, you know, Jerusalem pilgrimage. Then the husband says, What are you talking about? My flight ticket is ready, my visa is ready. You can't stop me from entering the plane. I will definitely enter the plane and travel. Now, at this moment, woman, whether you are God's niece <laughs> or God's maid, even if you cook for Jesus in heaven, you, there is nothing you can do about it. Are you listening to me? There is a scripture in the book of Numbers that makes mention of this. When a woman wants to do something and the husband is not in agreement, that is final. Even if God tells the woman, do this, and the husband says no, God is telling the woman to obey the husband. And God said, based on what the husband has said, I will forgive the woman. Hey! Yes, God will forgive the woman. Do not do anything wrong because the husband said. Do you know who a husband is? If you don't know, don't try to know. That is the reason why if you're a man of God, you don't have any authority over somebody's wife than the person himself. Are you listening to me? So the husband said, I will never allow the woman to come to church again. Hey, man of God, let the woman go to her husband and pray for them secretly. Let God touch them. Because if you try, that come, come. It is better for you to believe God and stop this. And this, and this. You, you will be in trouble because God is always for what the man says because He placed the man over the woman as Lord. That is the reason why you need to be very prayerful and be very you know, spiritual in choosing a husband. Because if you choose a husband that does not fear God, that is not a believer of Christ, you are doomed. What he says is always final. No? When he tells you that, hey, today we are going to the club, <laughs> there is nothing you can see. You have to pray. So that many people who marry certain men, they are now dying on prayer altars to win their hearts. Because their husband's hearts are far away from God. They are now working things to change them. 
If you don't work it, it will be a burden. But certain people too sat down, they prayed, they took their time and they got married to some people. Now, when they want to follow God, it is so easy. So take your time. And let God help you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord will grant us grace. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord increase us and open the heavens for us. I pray that the Lord will grant us understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord open our eyes even into the depths of the word of God. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, let me just take one or two questions and we will close and meet at exactly 12 a.m. GMT as we continue in prayer. So why did Jesus speak in parables? It's just simple. Mostly he spoke in parables when he was in the midst of plenty people because some of the things that he was saying were kingdom matters that people in public would not just understand so most of the times it was when the disciples met him alone that he began to unveil these things so a time came they asked him rabbi why do you speak in parables to the people then jesus said because it is not given unto them to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. But as for you, it is given unto you to know and understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So whenever Jesus wanted to make mention of a kingdom mystery and is in public, he will say it, he will speak it in a parable so that those that have it has been given to, he will declare it to them. Are you following? So it was not for the masses. It was actually for specific group of people. Great. Great. So when you are being prophesied, do you need directions or faith? Or you need good before it comes to I've taught on this several times. On your side, on your side, you need to pray. Prayer is good. It's not only prayer. You need to walk circumspectly. 
Because there are certain things that when God speaks, that is why most of the time when God prophesies to you about something, He will tell you to be careful of something. If you, you are not careful and you continue to walk in that thing God warned you about, you, the prophetic word will be destroyed. You will not see the manifestation. So there are certain prophecies when you receive, you need to even stop doing certain things. Before they manifest, you need prayer, you need to walk in holiness and in purity. You follow me? You need to tell us that the place can once anointing be stolen. It is possible. But it is not stolen as in the person that has stolen it, he has the anointing. No. When we say an anointing is stolen, it means you have lost it. Are you getting it? It means you have lost the anointing. It does not mean somebody has stolen it and it's now in the custody of the person. There is nothing like that. Nobody can steal your anointing and take the anointing to know. But the enemy can use a man to, to cause you to lose an anointing. Now, when you lose that anointing, it has not gone to the person. Are you following? Wow, my dear, you are getting ready. God is going to use you as a means of great help to help many people. And He's about to empower you. He will cause you to be strengthened and he will cause you to stand strong and he will use you to be a blessing to people and whatever the Lord has started will be fulfilled in Jesus name Amen Alright God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Amen Please God willing tomorrow I want us to talk about the three L's of God the three L's of God. Amen. We talk about the love of God. We talk about the light of God. And we talk about the life of God. And the Lord is going to help us. Even in Jesus' mighty name. And God willing, on Wednesday, we are going to touch on eschatology. We are going to build upon the blocks that we have already laid as the foundation. Are you following? So, Get ready. We are going to learn a lot of things. The Lord, by His grace, will help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you all and keep all of you strong. I'm going to upload the message right after here. So if you want to go through it again, you can go and download it. The Lord is going to be a help to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. We shall meet at exactly 12 a.m. GMT, even for priesthood time session as part of our five days prayers and fasting experience. So make sure you join us. The Lord will make us hand for us and He will empower us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Said Daddy, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So Daddy, who was behind the killing? Was God or the angels? <laughs> Alright, don't worry. Don't worry. It was the people, not God. When they found that somebody was a witch, they were, they were stoning the person to death. It was not God. Neither was it angels. The people themselves did it according to the command. Alright. 
God bless you all and keep all of you strong in Jesus' name. We shall meet God willing this night at exactly 12 a.m. GMT. God bless you, man of God, Pastor Hanamber. May the Lord increase his grace on your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, my son, my daughter, Jamie B. God bless you. Then Dennis, God bless you. Franca, Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We shall see ourselves in prayer this night at exactly 12 a.m. GMT. God bless you. Make sure you join us. Don't miss it. God has a word for you. In Jesus' name. Shalom. Bye-bye.